Hey, everybody, this is Daryl with AfterBuzz TV. I was recently looking to buy a car and thought to myself, there has to be a better way. It's such a stressful process. That's when my friend told me about a new way to buy a car. It's called TrueCar.com. At TrueCar.com, you can actually see what others pay for the car you're looking for in your area so you know when you're getting a great price. Because at TrueCar.com, you get a savings certificate, and you just take that savings certificate to a TrueCar.com certified dealer so you don't need to worry about the hassle and anxiety of the old way to buy a car. And TrueCar.com users save an average of $3,000 off the MSRP. So seriously, if you're ready to buy a car, why wouldn't you go to TrueCar.com? Negotiation-free guaranteed savings, a hassle-free experience, and a true car certified dealer that is committed to a new and better way to buy a car. Come on, save time, save money, and never overpay. Visit TrueCar.com today. You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Buzz Studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menunos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Parenthood After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Parenthood After Show. Back to After Buzz TV, Parenthood, Season 5, Episode 16, Enchanting Mr. Knight. I'm your host, Marissa Serafini, and today I have my two lovely co-hosts with me tonight. I'm Danica Kennedy. And I'm Elena Jordan. Yes, and Tiana is not here tonight, so we wish her well, and hopefully she'll be back next week. Oh, okay. Overall, what did you think of this episode? It was a bit emotional here and there. What did you think? I was very angry with the ending of it. Yeah, I think all of us were. Yes. I was, I, I was, I felt angry at the end of the episode, <laughs> and I hope that it gets better next week. It doesn't keep going in that one direction. I know. We'll get to that. We'll get to it. What did you think? I think the show is so good at manipulating your emotions. From one degree to the mm-hmm. other. It's so great about giving you those moments where you're just all excited. They they know how to rope you in and then keep you waiting so you have to tune in right when it comes back from commercial break. I agree. <laughs> I mean, so many, so many things happened tonight. And, you know, let's just get started with Drew. Drew's wallowing in bed now because uh, Amy is finally gone. And then... I his- don't like her. <laughs> Amy? You don't like Finally, Amy? she's gone. Yeah, she's finally gone mean. out of his life, hopefully for good. And Drew's wallowing in bed, and Amber comes by, and she's like, hey, you need to get out of this funk. We're going to go to a party. Anything going on? Berto, his roommate, says, hey, there's this uh, party going on next week. And what did you think of uh, Amber just trying to help Drew get out of his wallowing face? I thought it was cute. I think everyone needs a best friend or someone to get them out of the 
phase where you know you're depressed and you're just eating chips in bed and oh, you know yeah, and they're best friends in real life. I love it. I love yeah. that too. And roommates. We were talking about mm-hmm. this last week. I just yeah. love every scene with them together. So I love that they're they're doing more and more scenes with the two of them. Yeah, they're and they're so close and you can definitely tell their chemistry and relationship on screen as well. So well that they do a pinky kiss promise thing. Saying that uh, once they're at that party, they're like, they're going to make out with someone that night. And I thought that was really funny. That's a good way to get out of your funk. And it was better than not sleep with someone. Just make out with someone. Something as simple as that will make you feel better. It was a promise that they made. They each had to make out with one person. Yeah. But before they went to the party, he invited what's-her-face, Natalie. Invited Natalie. Natalie, who I'm not a fan of either. He, I think he just needs a new girl completely. I don't like any of the girls, and Drew's like, your sister is so cool. Mm-hmm. Have a girlfriend at least as cool as your sister, man. Like, step <laughs> yeah. it up. Yeah, or maybe do you think Drew shouldn't have a, any girl at all? He should just take for a break. Now, he needs a break. Those girls I don't like for him. I don't like either of them. Yeah. I think we're done with Amy finally. I think she's but Natalie, pretty much wrapped up. But Natalie. Yeah, well, did you think, okay, so Natalie calls Drew out and be like, uh, what kind of guy are you? you? You used to, you wanted a relationship with me, but then you called it off a bit, and then now you want to go out with me again. Do you think Natalie was right calling him out on that? Do you think she was Right. Like, I like that points. she's up front. That's the one thing I like about Natalie is that she's honest, she's direct. But at the same time, that was her version of the truth, very much so. She carefully omitted the part where she was like, also, I messed with your mind. It yeah. made you think that we were together. And then was like, psych, we're not. Well, she yeah. was teasing him and then was like, I don't want anything serious at all. So he kind of backed away because she was the one that said, I don't want anything first. He was into her, so I think she was the one that cut that cord. And even though she's up front, which is good to be up front and be like, this is what I think, just straight up to the person's face. It's like, no, you were the one in the wrong that, like, made it become that situation in the first place. I, I agree, because they're both in and out with this relationship. They don't re- they're not really on the same page, and they can't really connect in that way. So every time they're trying to, it's always that cat and mouse kind of game. And they're just chasing each other, and I think it's getting old. Natalie's lame, Birdo is lame. Let them couple up and find somebody new for Drew. That's yeah. what I say. <laughs> <laughs> Put all the lame people together. Yeah. So so they're at this party and Drew, he he's looking he finds Natalie actually there because she actually did show up. Maybe she was interested. It seemed even like she got she jealous. Said no. Yeah, even though she said no. And then Berto told told her that uh he was out he was a man on a mission trying to find someone to make out with and then now they seem a little jealous did you think that she oh yeah she stormed jealous. out yeah. she was like oh i guess it doesn't matter who's here it's just like a thing to check off your list that you're doing tonight mm-hmm. doesn't matter who you make out with just something you have to do yeah and you know she found out that news and then immediately because she just got to the party and then immediately left afterwards so uh, she she seems jealous. We don't know where they're going to be. She pretty much it. just showed up to be She's like, hi, t- you're having a good night. Finally, let me ruin it. And then pout and run away. Right. Yeah. Too lame for a Braverman. Get out of here. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I'm over her. I agree. So I think we're all over just 
Drew's girl problems. And I think he just needs to be single. Just, you know, finish the rest of his freshman year single. I don't like Drew's taste in girls, though. No. 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 Me neither. He needs to find a good girl, but not now. Just no. Later on. Great. So sweet. Let let all the let all the ladies chase him. Feel yeah. good about yourself, Drew. Stay single. <laughs> yeah. And you know, what? I kind of want to see Drew because he's having all these personal problems. I kind of want to see maybe his grades slip a bit and then realize that <laughs> something's happening. He needs to refocus his priorities and stuff and get things straight. Maybe we'll see that. That might get him. I like how you single. want his grades to slip. <laughs> well, I want him to just, like, get away from it, have some outside factor to help him get away from these crazy girls. That's true. So, uh, okay. Tough so, I th- Yeah. <laughs> I think we're over Natalie and that. But Crosby, he, the, he and Jasmine are still living at home. And he kind of... Um, yells at Camille about uh, you're being selfish about selling the house. Unfortunately, he doesn't really know both sides of the story because Camille and Zeke have been fighting for weeks, for months even, about selling the house. What What do you think of that whole thing? Because he sees Karen, that lady, you know, telling Camille and Zeke at the beginning of the episode, you need to take this down, you need to redo your bedrooms, redo your floors, and Crosby is not having it. I think it's good that he said something to her because it's been a huge factor, you know, a huge yeah. character in the plot line the whole time. And we knew that all the kids would be upset when they found out. We've been predicting that they would go crazy. Mm-hmm. And Zeke doesn't want to let go of it. And we've just been seeing that. And I think seeing her kids react to it besides her husband is really eye-opening like oh wow this is so many memories like you know of them growing up together and like you know she probably feels a little bit selfish since she got called out even though she knows like Mm -hmm. she's not a selfish person but she probably feels guilty after being called that yeah and but what did you think of Camille telling Crosby, then she put things in perspective. Be like, hey, I have been a great mother to you and your siblings for 30 years. I've always put the kids first. I've always, you know, did your laundry, cooked right. food, and yeah. for years. And she, she would never thought of herself first. She was always second, third, fourth person. And I loved how she straightened that out and got Crosby to, like, yeah. That was such a right. good speech. I'm just, whatever happens with the house, I'm just glad that Bonnie Bedelia is back and she is like, back back like mm-hmm. they're giving her some good stuff oh i agree <laughs> and i love that because we because we get a lot of that that argument that zeke doesn't want it for his that he's the one that's being selfish she does he doesn't want to give it up but we hear camille's like her kind of individual um perspective of why she wants to give up the house so i thought that was that was pretty mm-hmm. interesting to see that but uh but in the end so Crosby realizes they're, they're ha- Zeke and Camille are having this fight about over it because Camille's not happy with what Crosby just told her. And then he listens through that vent. I mean, I feel like every old-fashioned house oh, can always hear, like, arguments from another room. I wish my house had that. <laughs> I think it's cool. It's like you could be a spy and eavesdrop on things. Oh. I like how, too, this far into, you know, this many seasons in, that's the first that we see of this vent that he says, you know, I've been listening to fights to this for 30 years, but that's so realistic. There are all these little, I mean, that just shows off how the house, like every part of the house, there's more and more things that 
I I agree. You know, it reminded that particular scene reminded me of another show, Charmed, which took place in San Francisco, and they had vents like that in their house that they uh, would listen to and eavesdrop and arguments and stuff like that. So I was like, yeah, it's San Francisco, it's Berkeley area. I can I can understand that. I can believe that. So uh, Crosby realizes that he and Jasmine need to get out of the house because they really do want to sell the house, and they get this condo sub sublease i believe mm-hmm. condo and then uh camille be like no nah, no you need to stay here because this is your home and it's always going to be your home do we think camille changed her mind i think yeah. she changed her mind and she doesn't want to let go of the house anymore really i don't i think she's gonna well i think she's i don't think they're gonna get rid of the house is what i predicting I hope ultimately they don't, but I don't think she's changed her mind yet. I think she's starting to crack a little bit. But I think bit. she's going to crack soon, though. Like, I think that was, like, when she said that, I was like, oh, she's, like, about to, like, cave. <laughs> uh, I feel like, yes, it will always technically be their house, no matter who lives there and whatnot. But I think it was something that Camille said to her son in their home to calm him down. And, mm-hmm. like, calm him and say, no, this is always your home and, it, and it's never going to change that way. But we're still going to sell the house. Mm-hmm. I think she is also trying to make the distinction between the house and his home. Yeah. You know, he's always going to have a place to go because he's always going to have the people and his family who love him, no matter where they physically are. So I think that was kind of her being like, look... Because I love that one, that face she made when he was like, you know, we just want to get out of here. And she just makes that perfect mom face like, don't even start with me. Like, are you kidding me? Don't paint my bedroom lilac. And then she's like, you haven't lived in there for over 30 years. (laughs) Yeah. Your bedroom. And that's an interesting point. I'm glad you brought that up because I I thought about that. And I feel like when... Kids move out of their parents' house. Parents, yes, they will redo their bedrooms and whatnot. My mom did and that. It, yeah, my, my parents did anymore. it to mine. But the thing is, like, if they completely change it, then they, you know, they're, they have moved on and accepted that, like, their their kids are officially out of the house. But changing a room to, like, lilac when it was a boy's room and now it's kind of like a feminine color, it makes me think that Camille has still really moved on. Mm-hmm. And she's like, yeah, we're changing it. We're getting rid of the house. If she if she changed this nice, warm boy's color to another masculine color, might think that guys are going to come back and live there. So, But changing it completely a different color makes me think she's still moving on. Yeah, because in her mind, it doesn't matter what it looks like. She's not going to be there anymore. Exactly. Exactly. And I still she, think she's going to crack. Yeah. And <laughs> I Ka- hope so. Me too. Maybe. Karen like says house. to change all these things in the house, and she's doing it. So we'll see. We'll see. So I just want to take a quick moment to thank everyone on iTunes and YouTube for downloading, rating, subscribing, uh, subscribing, commenting. We love this show. So please go on to AfterBuzz TV. Leave uh, a nice five-star rating and tell us why you love the show. Do you think they're going to really sell the house? What What are your thoughts about this crazy Braverman family? And it helps us here grow at AfterBuzz. We reduce 70 to 80 shows now. It's crazy, and we're going to do more shows in the future. But that helps us help AfterBuzz 
grow. So please keep commenting, rating, telling a friend. And Sarah. So Sarah's having a little some boy issues too. Well, no, I shouldn't really say boy issues. But the the guys in her life are becoming a thing. And so we start the episode off with Sarah and Carl are now sleeping together. What did you think about that? I like him. I think he's actually good for her. Yeah. And, well, in this episode, he invites her on a trip to Africa. Africa. For wow. just one week. It's not that long of a trip. No. But my I thing think is, she should have. Is it too gone. soon, though? They've only really gone out on one date. They've already slept with each other. And do you think it's too soon to go on a vacation? He's a doctor that saves think, babies. Yeah, I know. But I'm adventurous. <laughs> I would take the trip if I were her. Really? I think. Okay. Yeah, well, I think he just seems like such a nice guy, unless they're going to, like, turn it on us. But he's, like, a doctor that's, like, helping people out. It's not that him. long of a trip. And he, like won all these awards for like helping out people and mm-hmm. charities and stuff. He just seems like a really good guy and she usually has terrible taste in guys like that don't do anything Hank. for her, <laughs> Hank, who is in this episode a lot. Way yeah. too much. Yeah, so uh, uh Carl asks her to go to Zimbabwe, which is I mean, I've never been there, but I mean I would want to go to Africa too. So I can understand why she's like I got work now, and she does have a stable job. And But then Carla was like, yeah, you could put it off. I mean, it's Africa. So she agrees, and then Hank is not for that because she Sarah's there at the studio working and saying, hey, I'm going to be gone next week. It's a personal information, personal Won't week. Won't tell him what Won't tell is. Hank about that, which I thought was interesting because now she's really separating, putting those barricades up, being like, uh, no, our relationship is strictly professional and not personal, and she she does say that. And then, of course, Max, Max is the one to course. spill the beans. And my question is, how the heck did Max know that Sarah was going to Africa? He probably heard his parents talking about it or something. Yeah. Blabbermouth. Through, through the grapevine that we didn't see, I mean, it kind of makes us lead to believe that Sarah probably told um, Adam. Adam and then Max heard it. But, like, just knowing that Max knows it, well, was pretty funny. But then, you know, Hank's not happy, and then he's like, uh, I gotta go. And then he he calls up uh, Pelican again, sits down, and he's, you know, giving his feelings about uh, Sarah. What did you think about that? I thought it was funny that in, when we first saw season one in Pelican, they're, uh, they kept saying that Pelican's such a hard guy to get a hold of. And now we've seen him like three consecutive episodes <laughs> at any t- given time that Hank needs well, him. It's again, Hank says it's an emergency. And then Dr. Pelican again goes, okay, Hank, is this really an emergency because your coworker is going on a trip? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, emergency. what did you think of the a whole conversation that Pelican, is Pelican really helping him? Or does, you know, was it right that um, Hank is still not really happy with his relationship going on with Sarah? Well, he w- he came up with something to say to Sarah, an yeah. apology. And when he started saying it to her, she just goes, 
what are you doing? Why are you saying this so rehearsed? Like, yeah. is this a script? Like, what are you talking about? Why talking in a normal voice? So I think it does make him seem like a totally different person, which I think he's weird and he should just be weird and that's fine. Like, <laughs> let the weird people be weird. Don't make them try to act all, you know, perfect. But at the same time, she probably does deserve an apology mm-hmm. after what he's done. I like I like how Hank is really making the effort to express his feelings because he's not that kind of person. And when we first met him, he never talked to anyone, and he's now trying. he's really trying. He's making advances, but I still, I mean, I I feel like every time there's a Sarah love triangle, which is a lot, always, 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 <laughs> and anytime Hank is involved, they always try to set Hank up as like, oh, he's the. The underdog, the hero that you're rooting for, and I'm like, I'm not rooting for Hank. Bring Carl back, like Hank. If you're gonna go on a trip to Africa, would you rather go with Hank or Carl? Carl, that Carl. Way. I think all of you us know? would Carl. say Carl. Exactly. So yeah, turn down a trip to Africa if Hank it's with would Hank. Be complaining but... about the bugs and all annoyed mm-hmm. about everything and the heat. Sarah's taking care of enough people. She needs somebody to take care of her. I really wanted her to go on the trip, though. Yeah. But she ended up not going because Hank showed up at her house. What did you think of that? Okay, first, like, it was Hank's really weird. Creepy, int- like, knocking on the window. I mean, creepy. Like a serial killer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that was she funny, lives, actually. like, in the basement, and she has these windows, like, very high to the ceiling, and he looks down into them like a creeper, <laughs> so crouching creepy. down in the middle of the night. It's, like, dark outside. That was actually like, really funny. <laughs> but with that so, shot, I was like, is this Parenthood or Pretty Little Liars? What's <laughs> happening right it's now? A. <laughs> it's a. A but, is Hank with the whole crossover. Hank. They're taking it. But, yeah. <laughs> That'd be so funny. So what did you think of what Hank actually said to Sarah? Do you think he was really on point saying that Sarah always put guys first and she needs to put herself first? I think... He's right, but I also think he just doesn't want her with another guy. Mm. Is that what it comes down it. to. What do you that's, think? I think that's obviously what it was. I mean, Doctor Pelican even says when he's talking about it, and he's like, "Does Sarah know how you're how you feel about her?" I mean, it's evident Hank is just in love in with Sarah. Love. Yeah, but I feel like it's a burden for her every time he goes and talks to her. He never makes her feel good. She even said, "I'm doing this cool thing where you make me feel bad about it." Yeah, like. It's only but, a week. It's like, what? what is it going to do to set her back that far and work? It's just like he has feelings for her still is the main thing. And he just doesn't want her to move on to another guy and be happy with this hot, rich doctor that's taking her around the world when he just like bitches and complains to her all the time about everything she does. And uh, it gets in her head. I don't like that. But you know what? I... I gotta admit, Hank had some really good, strong points saying, you always put guys first, you have a stable job, you're finally on your own, you're finally self-sufficient, and now you're going to, and she's already starting to put off work and, like, getting her priorities on the wayside, on the back burner, because of some guy with a vacation. But I feel like she's misreading right person, wrong time. Because mm-hmm. she's kind of ready to get rid of Carl because it's not the right time. But then she's leaning on Hank. I'm like, no, it's not that he's the wrong person and Hank's the right person. It's that focus on you 
tell Hank to go away for a while. Do your own thing. Your photography's good. You don't need his opinion. Yeah. I agree. If you're going to be an independent woman, you got to be that way all the way across the board. You can't pick <laughs> and you choose. You need to cut the cord on Hank, I think, both professionally and in a relationship, you I know? Think so, too. Romantically. Yeah, so... Um, Carl's getting ready to leave for Africa, but Sarah says she's not going because she put this nice motivational sticker on her bathroom mirror or wall saying that the year of Sarah, and she only, she wants to focus on her and get her life straight, which I think is good because she needs that after five seasons of always being lost. She, this is finally the year that she's really finally bouncing back on her own. And she doesn't need a guy to mess her life up again. Even though Carl might be, ironically, the best guy, she doesn't need him right now. I think she should have explained that better, though, and been like, you know, I just need some time for me. Because now, I just feel like Hank is going to swoop in. Get out of here, Hank. (laughs) Yeah, get out of here. You think Hank, do you think Hank is going to come? I think Hank is still in love with her, and he's going to make another move. He always shows up at her house and confesses something or tells her something, and I can see that happening, but I think she needs to move on with her life. But uh, what's-his-face, Jason Ritter? Mm -hmm. um, He's coming back. He's coming back. So I'm like, we'll see is that going to be some weird love triangle drama, too? That's more like a love square, love square now. Love square. That's yeah, like adding more into the mix. three guys and Sarah. <laughs> I like him more than Hank, though. Hank I've always loved Mark. Mark was always my Mark favorite. Mark number one, Carl number two. Hank is Hank like is on a lower. different page. Yeah. yeah. I agree I'm like with the that extra order. in the corner. Bring him in. Like <laughs> <laughs> I agree with that order. Like. No more Hank. But uh, but so Carl, to to wrap that up, Carl says, okay, I'll see you later. Do you think Sarah called it off for good or just saying just not now? I think she called it off for good. I think for Hank good. got in her head. Okay. Well, that I goodbye mean, was intense. They didn't kiss mm-hmm. or hug or anything. It was basically like, hey, goodbye, have a good trip. Well, are we going to see each other when we're back? No, probably not. <laughs> Awkward. Well, they live in the same building. She's yeah. the superintendent. They're eventually going to cross paths. So I think if she did call that off, it's going to be a weird, awkward encounter that we'll, we'll see in the future. So, But talking about people showing up on doorsteps, I mean, Ed is back. Ugh. And, all right. So it's this green week at the elementary school. And Ed and Julia had to do this garden that was looking like it was dying. And because all the sustainability and whatnot. And then Julia wants to go to the garden center and buy plants and fix that garden. And I love how the kids pointed that out. I was like, oh, no, those plants are kind of dead yesterday. How did they grow overnight? That was funny. What did you think of that? It reminded me of this time when I house-sitted, well, my mom and I house-sitted for a friend's family, and we put fake vegetables that were plastic in their garden to prank them when they got home, because they were like, oh, keep a really good eye on our vegetable garden. We're growing these tomatoes and, like, cucumbers. We want them to be really big. And so we got, like, plastic vegetables and, like, wired them in. They were, like, super proud of it because they saw it when it was, like, dimly lit at night. And then the next morning they went to go pick them and they were like, Danica, like, what's wrong with you? But uh, it's, like, so obvious that 
that's yeah. not how they grew, and that's how they were put in. The kids are smarter. Kids are more aware of that. And Sydney, yeah. what, what, she's such a little brat. Call, she is calling such her a out, brat. Calling her own mother out in front of her class. Not once, but twice in this episode. I feel and, like annoying Natalie was like Sydney as a kid. Probably. <laughs> that's just what I think. Because I'm like, whenever I see Sydney, I'm like, you're going to grow up to be one of the annoying girls that we don't like. The but thing exactly yeah. that tries to date one of the cool kids on the show. Yeah, the thing is, Sydney's too smart for her own good. She needs to like skip one or two class levels to so get she with won't people. Be as much of a know it all. Yeah, crap. exactly. She needs to be. You know, she just needs to get there and like move her up. She's way too smart for her own good. But uh, so Sydney actually causes a little tantrum, saying that she it's you know pajama week she needs these specific pajamas but they're at uh joel no julia's house but she's living with joel that night and then she causes this tantrum in front of her class saying that she wants to sleep at her own home what did you think of this do you think she's gonna be keep keep having these tantrums in front of everyone just so she can get her own way I think it's just so hard for kids to go through divorce and it's part of the process is you know you're not used to being taken away from your home and you want your parents to be together. So I think it's just, they do such a good job at accurately portraying how kids react to situations like that, that I think it is realistic that a kid would throw tantrums at first and then it's going to go away over time. But I can see it happening more with her than Victor. I can't see Victor really throwing tantrums about it. He's been through more. He's already been adopted, but I can see she's a little bit more of a spoiled brat, and she's very pampered. I can see her throwing lots of tantrums and trying to put her foot down and, you know, causing scenes, but I think it will wear off over time. I think so. Well, you know, and Sydney, for up until a year ago, she was the only child, so Mm -hmm. she was used to having everything go her way, so I can understand why she's still having those tantrums to try to get her own way. But uh, she gets to the point where Julia cracks, and she's like, oh, yes, you can stay with me. And that that does not make Joel happy. That mm-hmm. really kind of brought the forefront their differences in parenting and how upset he got when he found out that Julia had said okay without even asking him. So that really just kind of exemplified how on the rocks they are that he even said you should probably leave before she gets out of class so that she doesn't see you. That also shows that the problem wasn't just the flirting and the kiss. Mm -hmm. It's the parenting. They weren't compatible enough as parents and the relationship was dwindling anyways and that was what kicked it over the edge. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I agree. And then so Joel's not happy and he says that their counselor says they have to have routine Kids do have to have routine, and it gets confusing when one person, one parent says one thing and another parent says another thing. And then he does make a good point that, like, you have to say no to your kid in front of other people. And, I mean, it's you're going to have to be the bad guy. That's just what and being a parent is. And comes out there, too, and he said, you know, I had to say no for eight years. It's yeah. not fun. And then just kind of looks at her like, while you were off doing your career. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, he, he said it true. in that way. But... He, Interesting thing, he's still wearing his wedding ring. He still has it on, so maybe there's a chance that they'll still get back together because he obviously thinks they're still married. 
They're working but things out. Not if but... Julia keeps screwing it up. Ugh, I know. And Julia, then talking to Ed. Ed. But she keeps Ed. talking to him. I know, but Ed has the impeccable timing of always showing up. The worst at... possible time. Goodness. I mean, it gets me angry every time. He's just always there. And so, but, okay, so Ed goes to Julia's house at night by himself saying, um, I'm sorry for, you know, you're going through this. And, you know, Julia had put up those barricades like, um, I can't talk about my personal relationship with you. I'm glad she's finally doing that because that was a problem a few episodes ago. But then Julia blames Ed for her whole marriage. And then, you know, Ed actually points out, it's not just me. You have this problem. You can't blame me. This was a problem in your marriage. And then later on, when Sydney was <laughs> Sydney was calling out her Julia again. What a brat. <laughs> She's <laughs> I mean, such a brat. Carrots like dirt. I don't like vegetables. I mean, Tomatoes so are a fruit. Shut up, Sydney. Slap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but, Shut like, I, I love how Ed just, like, calms that down, puts that fire out. And then, you know, Julia goes back to Ed's house now on her own. Saying thank you for helping me with Sydney, and then she does realize that you know her marriage has had problems even before Ed. So me, she comes to that realization, and she cooks chicken marsala for Ed. And then Ed was like, um, "This is dinner. We have enough for two. Do you want to come in?" And then Julia was thinking about it, and she goes in. That's so when I got really mad because all of us got mad. <laughs> yeah, Joel... her proper reaction was the first time when he came to the door and she flipped out and told him to go away. Don't go to his house and have dinner. She with shows him. up with food after flipping out. It's like she should have just like flipped out and left it there, cut the cord, let that go away because Joel's still potentially still around. He still has the ring on, you know. He's mm-hmm. definitely pissed off, and they might not get back together. But you know, if she's going to do things like that, that's going to ruin all the chances. Yeah, but... I understand her being lonely, but when she said we can't be friends, she should have stuck with that. You can't be friends with a guy that helped break up your marriage, even if he wasn't the only factor. He was the catalyst. Yeah, he he was, with him, yeah, though. he was the last straw. Don't they shouldn't hang out at all. They should no. just not be friends. No, and if. Julia really wants to get back with Joel. She just completely avoided. And yes, yeah, she's accepting dinner. She's playing with fire. Goodness. Goodness. Hopefully, mm-hmm. Julia can just like realize no. Just say no. She has the problem not saying no. That is her, that is her weakness. But uh, that's how we end the episode. But we have another couple. I figured we'd talk about them last, actually, because they are not a happier note. <laughs> so, Christine and Adam. <laughs> So, Christina, uh, they're, they're both at the, the hospital for that checkup, and she gets this phone call from the school saying that they took away Max's chair in history class, and then she's not having it. She's like, again, we're having more problems, and now they're finally taking his chair away. He can't even be in class, and she's, she's not happy. So, But they go to through the checkup, see if she's cancer-free, and they give her a couple days. And, but during the, all that, waiting for those results, that mm-hmm. so they go to the school, and they meet this new teacher, Mr. Knight. And this episode is actually named after, after him, Enchanting Mr. Knight. What do you think of Mr. Knight? Do we like him yet? I like him. Yeah? 
Oh, we like him from the from the moment he opens that door, the troll door. <laughs> the troll door. <laughs> how troll funny door. was that? I loved how they built it up like he's he's the evil guy, he's, he's the villain, he's going to be a terrible person, and he ends up being the nice guy. He's really nice. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> I like him. Really I'm nice. like a big fan. Re- really nice. Um, played by Zachary Knighton, who we knew that he was going to have an episode arc in the our character arc in this series in this season but uh yeah we meet we meet mr knight and then he he's really energetic enthusiastic and he he loves how and he he points out all the positive things at max because i've realized with like the principal and all the other teachers that we've seen at the school they're always pointing out the negative things about max and Mr. Knight actually points out the positive things. He's a smart guy. He's energetic. He's enthusiastic. He he's very um, attentive in class, and he really wants. He's outspoken like that, and he should use utilize that in his edu- education. And they, you know, Christina and Adam, always being told the bad things about Max. They haven't really thought about the good things that he can do learning. And I thought that was pretty cool. Well, I like that he's also a student himself. He's getting his PhD. He's learning different approaches to teaching. Mm-hmm. And because of that, he's able to see, like, Max is a, a special case. School doesn't have to be sit in your assigned seat, don't talk, just listen, right. learn. Yeah, everything about him. He's just a cool guy. Well, Adam and Christina <laughs> seem to be very big fans of him also. Yeah, because you know what? Uh, Christina and Adam, they talk about their idea of starting this charter school for special kids with special needs like that. And Mr. Knight actually knows a thing or two about them. He says, it's hard, it's hard work, and, and they rarely ever succeed and stuff. And then they realize, hey, he could help us. So later on, they actually go to his house and ask him personally, but uh, would, would he like to uh, head and take control of the, the charter school? What, what do you think of that? Do you think he'd be a good fit for that? I think that? he's perfect. I think he's perfect. And he sounded very interested when mm-hmm. they started talking about it. He even invited them in for coffee. For coffee. Yeah. You, and I loved how Mr. Knight pointed out that uh, no parents have ever come to his doorstep ever. And then that was a very, very bold move on Adam and Christina. So, But I liked how he was open to that. He seems like a very eccentric yeah. open and loves to learn in any certain way and up for challenges so i think he'll be a fun character to watch over the next few episodes i agree i'm excited to see what his character is going to be up to at first he was kind of like shutting them down though on the idea he was like no charter schools are like a lot of work mm-hmm. they're going to fail like very negative like you shouldn't do it well, that's what i like though that christina still came to the yeah, door that, yeah that character is just so dynamic like she won't get shut down by anything and she shows up and says we're not going to give up after four years because yes. she finds she out. out she is cancer year free, cancer free. Yay. cancer free congratulations Woo! christina so sticking around i'm glad they don't have that dark looming story over them anymore and that's just another obstacle that christina got out of her way and then she's ready to take on the world start a new school and that's you know what i I loved adam's adam's reaction to that because he seemed generally just thrilled and excited and happy they were both crying like that happy cry how is monica potter the only one who's been nominated like watching peter cross's reaction just when he starts bursting into tears when she says you're stuck with me just such a phenomenal yeah i just think they should all get 
They should all win all the Recognized. awards. They, all of them, you know, I mean, Lauren Graham and Mae Whitman, because they have so many emotional scenes. Those two together always make me cry they, more than anyone else. They have else. to cry a lot for their scenes. I know. So good. Uh, so I think this whole cast should get nominated. Definitely, definitely don't get their recognition they deserve. But, yes, Christina's finally cancer-free, taking on the world. So I'm happy with that. And I love I love the line that uh, you're stuck with me, and it just m- reminded me of the song "Happy to Be Stuck with You." You know, Hollow Notes. Yes, I started <laughs> crying. I started yeah, crying I mean, a little bit. Oh, that's cute. So, uh, yeah, happy happy news for for them too. So, uh, anything else about this episode? No, no. Mm. You know, there, there was actually one thing. Um, I love the camera work. Uh, especially in this editing, like we saw with all of, all of these storylines, there there was a lot of shots on the hands. Did mm. Did you notice that with uh, Chris Christina, like when she's explaining about the charter school, there's shot on that. her hand. There was Joel with his wedding ring. There was Crosby talking to Camille, and and um, I loved when they panned down to Adam's wedding ring when she goes into the hospital too. Yeah, yeah. There were there were a lot of shots on the hand, so it just shows like how um, gesticulating they, they are. Because I'm the exact same way. Like I never know. My hands are always flying around everywhere <laughs> when I speak. So uh, yes, great episode. Very emotional. And it, it was when we got the cancer-free news. I thought that was like we got really good news, and then I was just like, because this is Parenthood, I was just expecting really bad news to balance Me that too. out. But we didn't really get. It that. wasn't so, too bad. Yeah. I thought this episode was going to be way more dramatic and sad than it yeah. was. But I mean, we got the dramatic ending when Julia mm. went into Ed's house. Goodness, goodness! It still made me mad. Oh, I know. I- but um, we'll, see, we'll see where they go. So, you know what? Let's get to some news and gossip, shall we? After Buzz TV News. So, we got a couple of photos. But before we queue up, or I'll, I'll let our amazing engineer, Phil, queue that up for us. Um, but I, Sam Jager, he went on the, the Juliet show. It's a podcast show on Grantland. And he talked about Joel's character for... Um, for the season and they, they, it was a really nice like half an hour interview and just a couple cool things that I thought he talked about that um, the, the interviewer I forget her name I'm sorry but she she asked why Joel is kind of being the guy, bad guy in this season and uh, Sam had actually said that before season 5 he had actually talked to creator Jason Kadams about well you know what how about we knock Joel off that pedestal, that high pedestal, and it'd be it'd be interesting to make him have issues because we always see he's the perfect husband. Mm-hmm. So it made his character more interesting, saying that oh maybe he's not so perfect and glamorous as we think. So that was actually Sam's idea to change his character up a bit, which I thought was pretty cool. And then uh, he. he um, he also mentioned that it is it has affected uh, his fan base because like when fans go up to him and like want photos and stuff that like he'll take them and then at the end they're always like be nicer to Julia, which is <laughs> 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 really funny. <laughs> and um, then there was he also mentioned that uh, some of his favorite scenes he loves to film with or he wants to film more scenes with Craig T. Nelson because he's, you know, just such a great seasoned actor and whatnot. And there's actually an upcoming future scene that we haven't seen yet. 
um, that he filmed, and he said it was his favorite scene so far this year to, to film. So I think it'll be fun to watch that. So go check uh, that interview out. Um, it's on the the Juliet podcast show. Definitely check it out. Oh, oh one more thing. Uh, he mentioned because Jason Kadem, the, cre- the creators of Parenthood, they have all these shows out with about a boy now starting up in parenthood and then they had the friday night lights crossover that um in the first season that erica dax and sam they binge watched season one of friday night lights together Aww. yeah so <laughs> i was like they keep it within the family you know I that think that's fun. cute. Yeah, and that that was really fun. And, and speaking of Friday Night Lights, I had actually watched the the web Friday series. So cute! It's a, I highly suggest you can go to it. Go on NBC dot um, com and you can check out the Parenthood web series crossovers with Friday Night Lights characters. It was really funny. I haven't seen Friday Night Lights, so uh, I don't really understand the characters yet. So I gotta now. I have to watch Friday Night Lights. So I've made that. Uh, a thing, and I'm like, I'm definitely gonna watch it. Um, so, uh, we have some photos here. Uh, if you can see, because we know Sarah Ramos is coming back for the finale episode, and she, uh, um, I believe Max Burkholder had actually posted on Vine just a fun photo of Sarah on this, um, stationary bike, <laughs> um, having fun on the set. She, she's just cycling. And, uh, the next photo we have. Oh, so of course, Dax went to the Academy Awards this past Sunday with his lovely wife, Kristen Bell. They're both looking glamorous, and that's just them on the carpet. They're so cute. I love them, too. They're awesome. And then another fun photo. We we have just a, a fun photo that Erica posted on her Instagram. That's Sarah Ramos and Mae Whitman. <laughs> Mae Whitman making like this crazy looking face, and apparently mm-hmm. she said Mae Whitman like couldn't laugh harder at, at this photo. So, <laughs> really fun, and I believe we have one more. And uh, and then oh, we have t- t- uh, yeah, Lauren Graham posted. Beware, these freaks may appear on your viewing boxes tonight, and her and. Mae Whitman looking all cute together. And then Mae Whitman responds, seriously terrifying, call police. (laughs) Calling police. Uh, They're so good. I mean, I love this family. They're so fun to watch their Instagrams uh, every week. So I believe that's all the photos we have. So uh, just fun fun photos and fun stuff all around in the parenthood uh, universe and whatnot. And you know what? So let's get into some predictions. And now, your After Buzz TV predictions. Alright, now that Christina is cancer-free, how do you think this charter school is going to go? Do you think it's going to be a success? Is it going to have some trials and errors here? Does, are they going to have obstacles that they're going to have to get over? Maybe like problems starting the school up? I think they're going to make it happen, but there's going to be a lot of bumps in the road and, you know, things that happen that they're not going to expect to happen and a lot of money that they're going to have to put into it. But we've seen them go through this, you know, with the Mm -hmm. campaign and with the luncheonette and all of their big projects. And they always try their best and it works out pretty much in the end for the most part. So I can see it working that way. Yeah. What do you think? 
I agree, definitely. I think if anybody can make it happen, it's Christina. Oh, most and I definitely. think that, you know, the whole reason she wanted to be mayor was so she could really push for education. And she yep. has that line where she says, I don't want to just help my kids, I want to help all the kids. Go, yes. Christina, go. She's you help all the person. kids. You do it. Yeah. I believe in you. What a woman. I mean, <laughs> go, Christina. Go, Braverman. All right. And Ed. Uh, I mean, not Ed. I'm sorry. I was reading the board there. Ju- Julia and Joel. They seem like they're going to have more trouble down the road. But we also get a flashback of they they look like they're in a church at some kind of ceremony. We don't know which. But they cross eyes and they... You know, they're kind of falling in love with each other again. Do you think that's a flashback or just something, a flash forward that we're going to see that might actually happen? I think they're going to try to work out their marriage and Joe's going to try to get Julia back. And then he's going to find out that she's still been talking to Ed and screw it up again. And then it's going to just like rip our hearts out. Drama, drama, drama. I think they're ultimately going to work things out, but I think it's going to be one of those situations. I think Joel and Ed need to have a little sit down. Yeah. I think they need to talk. They and... need to talk it out. Yeah. yeah. Ed just needs to stay away. They need to stop hanging out with Ed and talking to him. Deal yeah. with your own work issues, everything out. Ed. Greenwink's over. I mean, because <laughs> Ed, Ed's kind of... Uh, on the guilty party side too because he should know his place and know sh- to stay away but he's the one always inviting from company and whatnot so that is a little bit his fault as well but I think because we I mean as much as we love Joel and Julia together just statistics in any relationship and marriages and stuff not all of them end up in you know happy endings some of them do get divorced and they're already separated or like they're living outside um, in different houses now that's the first step to divorce so i think things are gonna get worse before they get better yeah, but let's hope I think not so too. i i think maybe at the end of the season that the they might get back together but before that it's gonna go downhill before it goes up i mean that's just the way it is. Statistically, half the Bravermen should be divorced. You know, there's four <laughs> exactly. kids, so three of them are happy. Only one of them. Only one. Just saying. I mean, well, you know what? Sarah did. Sarah, Sarah is... did get a divorce. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Sarah's the only one. But so. you know, it could happen to Julia. It could. It could. So, I mean, thank you guys for listening with us and staying up so late tonight. Where can everyone follow you so we can keep this amazing conversation going? You guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Danica Kennedy. You can find me on Twitter at Elena Jordan. And you can follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at Serafini TV. You can follow all of us here at AfterBuzz at AfterBuzz TV on Twitter, Facebook, iTunes, YouTube, all that. Please rate and comment and subscribe, and we will see you next week. From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 